Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. So we got Coach Ray sitting in with us. You know what's kind of weird? Hmm. I was thinking about this the other day, the intro. Because we always just say, we never say who we are. I guess we just assume people know who we are, huh? Yeah, they probably don't, though. They probably don't. <laughs> I'm Dennis. I'm Neil. <laughs> and I know we've been into a shitload of episodes, but I guess we got to change that intro now, huh? Well, I think it's on the intro. Is it on the intro? Yeah. Fuck, I never listened. Yeah, oh, I think no. it's on the intro. Just so you know, we never listen to our own podcast. <laughs> I think most people don't listen. I don't. To our I don't think yeah, most people I do. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. Well, know. we talked about it. We don't listen to our own podcast because we just don't like the sound of our voices. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting when we have guests on. We got guests who who do their own podcast. That'll be a question we'll have to ask them. Do you listen to your own podcast? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people, the more people I ask, I think a lot of people, when they hear themselves recorded, they don't like it. Yeah. I think it's weird hearing your own voice when you're not actually projectively talking. Oh, it totally is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super weird. It totally is. Like, you do a so That's what I sound like? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even with, like, social media posts. Even social media posts, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had the voiceover app. I was using it for for cutting film, you know, voice, and then I just I stopped using it because I was just like, oh, how's your weekend, guys? It's good. It was good. I did a food festival this past weekend, so that was it was it was an interesting experience. So for those who don't know him and his girlfriend Leanne, they make phenomenal cookies. Yeah. Now I know this is we're a fitness people, but. <laughs> Yeah. We do have to treat ourselves. And if you're going to treat yourself, your company is at Doe Dealers. Doe Dealers with a Z. Doe Dealers with a Z. These cookies are like a meal. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to describe it. They're six ounces a piece. That's a big cookie, folks. <laughs> it's a meal. My personal favorite is your peanut butter and jelly. Oh, man. Dude, hands down. that flavor. So good. Peanut butter and jelly right in the middle. You open this up. Yeah. And it, I've eaten one whole, mm-hmm. and I've literally been like, that's, that was my meal. Like, yeah. that was good. Like, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite was the chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. Classic. Was chocolate. Was it chocolate chunk? Yeah. Chocolate chunk. Chocolate. Yeah. And then we, oh. and so the way they set it up is you bake them yourself, but there's that gooiness in the middle. Mm-hmm. So they make it. So, like, with the chocolate chunk, mm-hmm. when you open it up, there's just, like a lava of chocolate in the middle. The flavor combinations that these guys come up with and the execution is really good, but uh, it took you guys quite a while to get this up and running. It took a long time. I basically started making cookies in like early 2021, just just for, because I wanted to have a hankering for cookies. I love cookies. Okay, okay, okay. And then kind of played around with manipulating the recipe over time and then kind of actually got it down. It took a while. Man, that shit is a science. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I like though is you also recommend to people because they're getting them frozen yeah right so if if you want to look it up they'll send them to you frozen but then it's up to you to figure out how long you want to bake them because everybody has preference and that's what i like about what you guys do is you you suggest okay here's the baking times depending on how you like the cookie because some people like it a little bit doughier other people like it a little bit firmer so when you go to a, a place and they only make it one way well, then that's got to be your your style, right? right? You know, so it's it's like eat, when you eat lasagna. Yeah. Like some people love the edge, the crunchiness of the edge of the lasagna. 
and other people love the middle of the lasagna, right? Yeah. So the way you guys recommend, hey, here's the baking times, uh, depending on how you want to cook, I think is what sets it apart too, is that aspect. So you can bake it to your preference. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good one. So that, you yeah. did well, though. That was good. Yeah. First yeah. first experience at a show? First time doing it. We did as well as I, uh, as I expected we could have okay. yeah. at that point in time. Circumstances were not the most ideal, mm -hmm. given that we still did pretty good. Yeah. So, oh, so we were, we were all happy with how everything went. What was the best-selling flavored? So that cookie flavor, Twirls. by the way, is milk chocolate, toasted pecans, and a caramel center. Mm -hmm. And that sold out on Saturday. Did it? That sold out on Saturday. Once that went out, the next best two flavors were our OG Dr. Yeah. Chunk and our milk and cookies, which is like a cookies and cream flavor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, people okay. people really, uh, were eating that one up. So I don't actually really care for the candies, the turtles themselves, but mm -hmm. your cookie, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, that was one of the first ones you ever gave me. Yeah, that it was. Yeah, that it was. was. And I even told Sherry when we were made, when after we baked it at home and made it, I was like, I'm not a turtles guy, but this cookie is freaking. I don't think ever had that. It's really good. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, like I said, I won't eat the the candy. I mean, I'll eat it, but I'm not like, oh, okay. Yeah. But the cookie was just fantastic. I didn't even know they had a candy. Yeah, turtles. Yeah. Oh, uh, turtles uh, candy. Yeah, turtles <laughs> candies. Yeah, yeah. You gotta live it up. I know, man. It's just clean. You're all Nice. Well, let's get into today's topic. I know we want to talk. Neil, you brought it up. We want to talk about. Oh, Ray brought it up. Oh, Ray brought it up. Oh, you brought yeah. it up. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I apologize. Oh. It is what it is. Expectations <laughs> versus reality in what we do in the fitness industry. It sounds like a pretty generic topic, but there's a lot of different facets because there's so many different aspects in the fitness industry, right? Mm -hmm. You got expectations versus reality for, let's say, something aesthetics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nutritionally, mm -hmm. right? Performance-wise, just even mobility-wise. Okay. You got all these different caveats within that whole category, a topic of expectations versus reality. And I think one of the first things of expectations versus reality, I think, is the expectations for most people are just ridiculously too high. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, just in my opinion. No, I, I fully agree. And it's based on what they see. Because you have these people who have these crazy aesthetics, crazy feats of strength or crazy feats of mobility. Mm -hmm. And a person sees that and their reaction is, I can get that. And it's like, well, I get that you want to get that, but like there's different circumstances for each individual person. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're talking expectations as opposed to someone who wants a social media presence versus someone that's just a regular average Joe just trying to get through life, doesn't do a lot of, you know, social media, they're just doing their thing. That is a vastly different aspect too, because the person that's just regular mom and dad. They're just trying to get up and up, up feeling good on a rel on a regular basis, on, or relatively good on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Look halfway decent, uh, but then you've got people that want to do a little bit more, but they have to understand what it takes to get that mm -hmm. level. And I think that's where the downfall is, is because they don't know what price they have to put in and what sacrifices they have to make in a lot of cases to get to that point, if they can even get to that point. Even yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is how long it takes to get to where you yes. want to go. And then not not just how long it takes, but how disciplined you have to be. Mm -hmm. It's a yes. Yeah. You, know, you have to just you have to keep doing it. There's gonna be days where 
I don't want to do this shit. But no. You got to do it anyways. Yeah. You're going to have ebbs and flows, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's going to be days, like you said, where you're like, oh, man, I'm into this. Mm-hmm. And then there's other days where you're like, man, that couch looks really good. You know, I'm going to order a whole pizza and just eat it to my dome. You know, I mean, you just have days <laughs> like that, right? And yeah. so the level of discipline, it's like, you know, bodybuilders. It, that's a level of discipline that, that very few people ever, ever, ever understand. Yeah. I mean, it's to a totally different level. We're also we're not really talking about that or showing that as often and are not also as transparent as they could be. Mm-hmm. Like, it took these people years to get there, and it took a lot of time and mm-hmm. a lot of dedication, and these people do it full-time, too. Mm-hmm. So there's other there's so many different factors that the average person can't do. Yeah, Like, there's no way that Tony over here can step on the Olympia stage if he has a family and he has to feed his family. There's, mm-hmm. He doesn't have the same circumstances as someone like Phil Heath mm-hmm. or Kai Green, who have the time, the discipline, and the resources, well, the resources to do what they right? what what they what they need to do. And resources is another huge part, mainly in the form of PDs, because there's people who do do that. Mm-hmm. But that's a huge part of that process of learning what it actually takes. Yeah, but the, a lot of times they're in the gym for two to four hours a day. Yeah. I mean, that's a part-time job, mm-hmm. it, it, just at the time in the gym. And then we're not even taking into account, it really is a full-time job when you're taking into account what they do outside of the gym. Mm-hmm. Because they're always just super hyper-focused fo- hyper on everything that's going into their body. Yeah, You know, from a food and drink standpoint, like everything is just measured out precisely. Mm-hmm. And... The, the sacrifice of that is the mental aspect of being that locked in can also have its downside too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, socially, your social life just goes out the window. Oh, yeah. You really don't have a social life because what restaurant are you going to be able to go to and hang out with your friends at? Just literally just think about that. If someone's prepping for a show, they can't go to any restaurant mm-hmm. or they're eating a very, very particular thing. And they're looking at what they can or cannot get beforehand. Sometimes I've even heard of people bring in their food, food to, to a, a restaurant, restaurant, right? And that complete that kind of kills the social aspect of mm-hmm. interacting with people when you're supposed to be sharing a meal together. Yeah, so well, you pretty much have to just eat with people that are prepping too. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you've all got to be in the same boat, right? You've got to have that empathy towards you. Got to know what what the other person is going through, and, and people that aren't into that lifestyle don't know what it takes. They've never experienced it, right? Mm-hmm. And to to an outsider, it all it looks fanatical. Yeah, like it looks like it's extreme, and in many respects, it is extreme. Yeah, you know, it's not something that most people should be doing. But there's the expectation versus the reality, right? So we see what this person looks like on stage mm-hmm. or in a photo shoot, but then we don't know what the reality of that lifestyle actually is. Yeah, you know, on the performance end. Um, yeah, you know, I've had some parents this is a long time ago, but you know, parents come to me and they're like, "Oh, well, my my son's season basketball season starts in four weeks, and I need to get his vertical higher. I need to get his numbers up." And I'm like, four, four weeks? Four weeks? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can get him a little stronger. You should have been. This is a long term deal. Like, you know, this started when he was a a kid, and you know, doing everything he's doing outside. But this four weeks, we're not going to destroy him in four weeks just to improve you know, his little testing numbers, mm-hmm. like this needs to be a long-term continual process. So I think with, you know, some parents that may think that these adaptations can happen in such a short time, like that's completely unrealistic. 
That's lack of understanding from the parents' side, mm-hmm. right? Or it may be the opposite. It may be they think so highly that their kid is that talented that, my God, yeah. my kid can do this in four weeks. And you're like, well, let's kind of pump the brakes on that. Yeah. You know, you can get a little bit stronger, maybe a little bit faster, you know, right? depending on what they've done prior to that. But you're not going to make massive changes mm-hmm. in four weeks. So what do you think is like, kind of the thing that's driving that? And do you think it's discouraging for people to – who think, oh, it's going to take four, five, six weeks, as opposed to like, this looks like more like six months mm-hmm. to get these major, a relatively major progression from where you're at currently. Well, I think what's interesting is, to, to answer your question with a question is, where did we come up with this thing of, oh, I can I can have my kid change in four weeks? Like, where the hell did that <laughs> shit <laughs> start from? Marketing. I think is so. It because of the yeah. marketing? Like, we've seen so much shit that yeah. says, yeah. oh, I lost 20 pounds in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, how the f*** did you lose 20 pounds in three weeks unless you're sitting in a sauna sweating your ass off and not eating a damn thing for three weeks, right? So maybe is that where we, because we've seen so much marketing to three to four weeks. Oh, oh look what I did in 30 days. Look what I did in 30 days. Yeah, you see these 21-day transformations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you can lose that weight that fast. Right. But on the performance end of things, that's not going to happen. Right. That's it's a much, much slower long-term adaptation. Yeah. Even from a strength standpoint, it takes sometimes a year to make any kind of strength mm-hmm. progress for even like, you know, intermediate or top-level you know, people. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the circumstance. If someone's a newbie, God, yeah, oh, they yeah. make they make games super quick, quick. super quick, super quick. They're right. funny. But if someone has experience, those games aren't going to come like that. They don't come in, you know, two, you know, two months. That might be six months before you see a bump in your numbers because they're already at their. They're really already at the top. Mm-hmm. So to really gain improvement when you're already at the top is in very small increments. Yeah, when you're at the bottom. Man, improvements come. Yeah, you can see improvements pretty fast. It's doing pretty much almost anything. Yeah. But right? once you start to get more experience, you get higher. Now it's those micro details that you have to manipulate in order to actually make any progress. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's that reality of this takes time and this takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of micro adjustments. But the expectation often ends up being I can do this in six weeks since I saw this person do it in this period of time. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, for me, it's patience and expectation versus reality. That the patience is that big key thing that separates those two. Yeah. Because people don't understand, like we've been saying, how long it takes. And I guess when you grow up doing it, that's another reason why you maybe don't even think about it. Yeah. Like, when you grow up being athletic your whole life and just playing sports and then working out at the same time, it's like, yeah, we don't know. We don't know any different. Mm-mm. I remember being a 90-pound weakling, but that, man, that was such a long time ago. Like, that was in junior high, high school, right? I mean, that was – but ever since then – and I always tell people, look, look, no matter how big and athletic someone looks and is, at one point they were a 90-pound weakling. Yeah. Everybody started at that point, Yeah. right? Except Ray. Except for he was he came he came out he came out he was like, boom, I'm ready. Bring like, bitches. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, so that's the thing is, is like, it's hard for us to sometimes as coaches to convey how much work it is. You know, and I think you, if you get injured, that's when you truly understand this whole patience and long-term thing because you want to get back into it as really fast. Yeah. 
but your body's like, nope, you got to mm-hmm. wait. Yeah. And depending on the type of tissue injury, it takes a long ass time. Yeah. To get back to the same level that you were at. Right. Like maybe the pain goes away quickly, but it still takes time for those tissues to come back. Well, because then you have to adjust the psychological aspect too, right? So you have to take into account, okay, you know, this is where the body got injured. So the body doesn't is going to want to hold back from getting into that position again. Mm-hmm. And mentally, uh, you know, we, we come across it, you know, people that are, you know, chronic back issues, chronic hip issues, their view of, of an injury is vastly different than how we view an injury, mm-hmm. where we view it as just, okay, something you, you work with, mm-hmm. and that's you work with it, yeah. right, to improve it, where other people kind of look at it as, holy shit, the ship is sinking type of thing, right? Yeah. Like, no, it's not sinking. It's just something you have to w- learn to work with. Mm-hmm. And we'll work on it and getting it better, but it's going to take some time. It's like when a ship has a hole in it, well, they got to bring it in a dry dock. The hole gets sealed up, but it takes a shitload of people to do it. Mm-hmm. It takes a, a decent amount of time to do it. So the ship may be out of commission for three to six months or maybe even a year or so, right, while they're fixing this. The human body is in the same respect, right? Mm-hmm. But people think, okay, I can just patch it up and get right back right back in there. Yeah, That's the expectation versus the reality. Mm-hmm. So we had gone over the performance, but now let's go over the nutrition aspect <laughs> when it comes to you know, we talked about the bodybuilders, the way they're, they're so disciplined in nutrition. How does a regular average Joe even come to think about how, well, what's a good healthy perspective on how eating should be? I think that comes down to, there's a few, there's a few simple things. For one, stop eating processed food, right? That's the most simple, basic thing. Mm-hmm. But for the average person, they might not have time to meal prep for two hours a day. Mm-hmm. Or whatever the case is. Or some people simply just don't like it. Like I myself hate meal prepping. Don't do it. Mm-mm. I cook when I, I eat when I cook. That's it. But the discipline behind it is really, really challenging to like convey because now you're talking about interrupting people's day to day life. Mm-hmm. So somebody has kids. Are you really, really going to spend two hours in the kitchen, three hours in the kitchen? No, because your kid needs stuff. There's mm-hmm. attention that needs to be given in other places. So now we come into how can we make this as simplistic as possible? Because sometimes things are far overcomplicated, super overcomplicated. You got to eat this at this time. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you have this because of this. But instead, stick to the basics. Eat whole foods, eat good foods, try not to eat too much. And just keep it super simple in that mm-hmm. regard. And adjust your, you know, your intake based on what your lifestyle may be. Yeah, I mean, I think all those are valid points. And then also just try to do it 80% of the time. Absolutely. I love That's that a big thing all. because... Because if people think they have to do this all the time, mm-hmm. it stresses them out. Yeah. It almost makes it worse because then they're always constantly thinking, okay, what, what am I going to eat? What am I going to do? But if they have that flexibility to go, all right, well, yeah, you know, I'm pretty, pretty damn good this whole week. I'm going to go get some, I don't know, I'm going to go get some fast food. And that creates complexes too. Yeah. Cinder, which is even more of a problem yeah. because now you get into the psychological relationship between that person and food. Mm-hmm. So instead of eating 100%, like super healthy, it's okay to have a treat. You're not going to die. Yeah. You're not going to sit here and lose your progress because that's what most people think. I'm even having that conversation with one of my clients mm-hmm. where she's like, I want to like, you know, I want to get as fit as I possibly can. I want to get lean out. I'm like, that's good, but take it easy on yourself. I'm like, I understand you're, you're dedicated, but I want you to kind of take it a little easy. Go ahead and yeah. relax a little. Yeah. One of the big things I tell them is like, okay, let's say you change your diet. Can you do this for the rest of your life? Huge point. And if they say no, 
then I go, well, this isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. That's so a great. Let's yeah. figure out a way to make this sustainable. Absolutely. But I think because we've been taught in many respects to kind of we punish ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so it's like I've I've said for a long time I eat because I work out, but I work out because I eat. Mm-hmm. Like it's a symbiotic relationship between yeah. the two, right? I mean, it's not like I don't know when I eat a cookie or a piece of cheesecake what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's you can't faint you can't feign ignorance, mm-hmm. right? Like I know what it is, <laughs> and guess what? I don't give a shit. Like it's just what I, I'm gonna eat it. Why? Because somebody made it. It's really freaking tasty. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have it, yeah. right? So I don't punish myself for it. It's not like I go, but you hear it all the time. Like, oh, somebody's like, I think I gotta work out for like an hour, hour and a half to because I just ate that. Mm-hmm. But that's like the mindset for a lot of people when they're thinking when they view food. Yeah, yeah, because they'll go on a let's just say the assault bike over there, mm-hmm. and they'll go for five minutes and they'll yeah. go four calories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just staring at the numbers, and right? They freak out. Four calories. I did all that for four calories, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I mean, that's not really the point. Yeah. But... <laughs> well, I think but, and the other thing too, though, is if we've got, have we become too dependent on food in the respect of like oh, yeah. we've lashed onto it so much that I think for me with fasting, I think for me the the thing that I love more than anything coming out of it is how non-dependent on food I've become. Mm-hmm. I've broken that dependency where, you know, years ago it was, oh my God, every three hours I got to have some food. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's that freedom has been just phenomenally life-changing for me. Yeah. Good fasting for a lot of people breaks the ball and chain. Yes. And it can, in a lot of ways, help people's relationship with food. And I think that's a problem with the, with the average person is that the relationship with food isn't the healthiest. But even with the person, with someone who works out all the time, their relationship with food isn't necessarily that healthy yeah, no, either. Totally. So you have to find that balance somewhere in between where it's just like, okay, if I don't eat every two or three hours, like what's my, wh- how do I react to that? Versus I didn't eat, I'm not going to eat today. I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. And be cool with that and move on. And then the next day, have your meals, have whatever, do whatever you need to do. But the, but people's relationships and how, their dynamics of how they work with food is just, it's more of a slave master kind of dynamic mm-hmm. as opposed to you're my aid. Mm-hmm. Like we like this, this is something that helps me become healthier, stronger or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately food is just, it's fuel. Yeah. It's fuel and, and it's it helps you rebuild your tissues. Mm-hmm. That's really essentially what it is. So when you get like, we see extreme eating, Mm-hmm. Right, we see it. You know, you got you got your vegans. Mm-hmm. That's extreme eating. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, no offense <laughs> to vegans out there, but it is an extreme form of eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have fruititarians, mm-hmm. extreme form of eating, where all you eat is only fruit. Right, and that's not very popular. There, but there are some people out there that do it. You know, and then you got your paleo people. Yeah. That's an extreme form of eating. Right, so. When you get when you come across these styles of eating, is there a, is it a bad thing or a good thing? Depends on the perspective. Yeah, and, right? and it honestly kind of comes down to: does that way of eating make you healthier, or does it get you to your goal? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, does this actually benefit you, or is this a hindrance? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the ways I look at it is: are you keeping you know lean body mass? Are you able to put on some muscle? Are even your are your health markers good? There's mm-hmm. things that have to be looked at within that context, at least in my opinion. Yeah. But 
if it's not beneficial to you, what's the point of doing it? Mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like that's more of a hindrance more than it is something that aids you. Well, I think what happens with with marketing social media is um, you'll see your buddies. Someone goes, "Oh man, I just I went vegan and I lost twenty pounds." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then people see that, like, "Gosh, I should go vegan because that's how I'm gonna lose weight." Mm-hmm. When the reality is, they went vegan. They probably cut out a lot of processed stuff. Maybe. Yeah. But they cut out a lot of things out of their diet, so they're eating much less calories. Mm-hmm. So in that short spurt, of course, yeah. they lost all that weight. Absolutely. Same thing if they go fruitarian. Same thing if they go carnivore. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. They're just, they're basically cutting their calories for this initial period of time. So they're going to cut 5, 10, 12, whatever pounds really quick. Yeah. But is it sustainable? That's the thing. Is it sustainable yes. Yes. Yeah. for right. a long term? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. And some people have, we see some people that do sustain that for a good period yeah, of time. Yeah, totally. But I, I almost wonder if those are just the outliers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, whether it's, whether it's a lack of and some people might say, well, that's just lack of discipline if you can't mm. maintain those styles of eating, mm. which could have some truth to it, right? Maybe yeah. it is, maybe it isn't, you know, because uh, marketing is really powerful. Mm-hmm. It really is. And for the majority of us, yeah, a lot of people succumb to that marketing, right? Perfect example is, you know, one night when I was, I was in the middle of a 48-hour fast, Back-to-back food commercials came on TV, and at no point did I have any urges to eat. But then I just watched those two commercials, and also just boom, and I'm like, "Ain't that a bitch, DoorDash? Ain't that a bitch, right? Yeah, you know, I'm like, literally. So in that moment, having being in the fast is really one of the most powerful moments where I felt, didn't see, but I actually felt the power of marketing. Yes. Because I saw those items of food on TV and I was like, oh, that looks pretty tasty, actually. Yeah. Seeing the smiling faces. Right. Mm-hmm. Seeing the smiling faces, the happiness yeah. that, comes, that they're like portraying. The, the smoke right? or the steam you coming, coming off, off the food, yeah. right? Yeah. And oh, the way it's man. presented, right? Everything's hitting you just right. Yes. Everything down to just even the music that they use. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. They want to put you in a good mindset with the music that they're using for the commercial. Hmm. But all that tied together. You know, the back-to-back. I was just like, ain't that a sh- ain't- That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm feeling what all these companies put millions of dollars into. Yes. And, they, and they're right there. I'm like, that's why they spend millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. To elicit the response that my body just gave me. Mm-hmm. Well, just talking about it right now is giving me the response. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, shit, that's crazy shit. That's crazy shit. But yeah, so I think for the most, for the rest of us, it's really hard to try to not to battle that what we're seeing all the time over here because it's always so constant. It's every, it's every. It's term. barrage. If it yes. doesn't matter if you're on YouTube, if you're watching TV, if you're on social media, it doesn't matter. There's always some kind of marketing that's going. Hey, come and enjoy Ooh. this. Yep. Hey, right. you like this? Cool. We got this for you. And so it's. At some point, it wears people down. It but, wears people down. Okay, so there's a great thing. So the expectation of what you see on TV, but then when you go to the restaurant and actually see the reality of it, once again, two vastly different things. Way different. Way different. I'll tell you, a Big Mac on TV looks pretty f- tasty, but you see it live in person, you're like, it's like a Yeah, what the hell? Somebody just threw this shit together. Yeah. Rea- expectation versus reality. There's a perfect example of what you get. Even seeing how they make the commercial and take the pictures, I'm just like, damn. 
they put a lot of work into that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. They put a lot of like, oh, you got to get the light here. Oh, here, put just a little yes. bit of this here. Right. But it's like, damn. Like, oh, the baddies are probably like perfectly painted. Yeah. Uh, everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got, you got camera people and photographers that are, the, who specialize in food, mm-hmm. video, mm-hmm. taking pictures of food and doing camera work of food. Because they understand those different nuances. Yeah. Where someone like myself, just taking a picture of food, you know, I, pu- I post, post food on social media and I try to get a little bit of it, but I'm not like, oh, if I push this here, put that there, and I want to frame it the right way. And I'm just like, okay, it looks decent. Click, here you go. Post it on Facebook and there it is, right? Yeah. But that's me versus someone who's professionally getting paid to understand different nuances to get those responses like I got. Yeah. And that's a big thing, but that's a perfect example of expectation versus reality. Mm-hmm. What the food industry gives us. Oh man, way different. Hardly ever do you see what's in a commercial actually translate to like, damn, this looks exactly like. It. I don't think there's ever a place I ate at where I'm just like, that looks exactly like it does in a commercial. Oh no, it never happens. Never happens. Never happens. Never happens. Not even close. I don't give a shit who it is. Olive Garden, Small Olive Garden, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Olive Garden pasta looks great when you're on a commercial. <laughs> but you ever go there, you're like, this is this is what the shop is that you gave me? So it is what it is, right? Yeah, but we got to p- give people more of a realistic, I think it, maybe it's a responsibility for, for people to, companies even, to be more realistic to their to their customers and say, look, you know, and you, you'll see it sometimes in the fine print. Mm-hmm. You see exercise videos. And in the really small, fine print or nutrition program, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. like weight law, like Jenny Craig and stuff mm-hmm. in the fine print, if you actually take the time to freeze it and read it, oh yeah, the results are not expect, are not typical. <laughs> it always says that yeah. results are not typical. You are seeing an outlier. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. The person that's on the commercial or in the, in the magazine, that is the one out of possibly thousands possibly yeah. thousands yeah, yeah. that did really well yeah but if people were fed the real stuff these companies probably wouldn't have the customer oh there's, there's no way there's no way they wouldn't they went to uh jenny craig or sorry uh, weight watchers and were like hey four three out of ten people actually lose weight out of those ten people that lose weight two of those people keep it off mm-hmm. if they gave more if they gave like actual Percent, realistic yes. precise like data for that would there be as much buying for it? No, not, not even close. No. Oh, yeah. Not even close. Because nah. people would be like, well, wow. So the, you're telling me the minority of people that enter this program actually succeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, too, if like the, those percentages are people that you know follow it religiously, too. Right. Like, right. Are the, the Obviously, the two or three people follow it. Mm-hmm. But are the other people that didn't get any results at all, do they, do they go out the same way? Mm-hmm. Or are they just signed up? I mean, we saw the whole Jared effect with Subway, right? Yeah. And they used him, unfortunately. But they used him, and then all of a sudden, what? Subway just, boom, Mm -hmm. skyrocketed in popularity, right? Yeah. Because here's a guy that weighed X amount of pounds, and all he ate was Subway, and then this dropped him down to this. You know, but once again... In the fine print, when you read that, when they in those campaigns, it even said, with a workout program. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even said that in the in the, yeah, pro, in the small print. 
Well, that's a pretty big piece of the yeah. pie right there. Mm-hmm. How do we know mm-hmm. that that's not the, the piece of the pie? How do you know that's yeah. not it? It had yeah. the biggest impact. Right, that mm-hmm. made the difference because yeah. somebody just got up off the couch and started moving around a little bit and then expending some more caloric, you know, some more calories, yeah. right? I even see that with like HbA1c lowering drugs in some of those commercials. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, HbA1c dropped from 5.6 to 4.9. Exercise program was also in- included. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, well... Duh. <laughs> but the average person doesn't pay attention to those particular things. Yeah. That old adage of it's in the fine print is really true. Mm-hmm. You've got to take time. Whether If you're going to buy into something, you have to take the time to read that fine print and see everything that's going to – what the possibilities are, what the restrictions are in a lot of cases so that way – you, you don't get set up for disappointment because I think that's what sucks is when companies set you up and businesses set you up or or coaches or whatever, huge expectations, you don't meet them. Now you've taken that person and just put them in a completely shitty place. Yeah. You know, and then when it happens, if, if it happens once, okay, maybe that person can succeed somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But if it continues to happen, at some point, the person is just going to throw their hands up and go, fuck mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just wasting my time. Right. So what's the point of eating healthy and working out if I'm not getting the results? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of other different facets, you know, hormones, things mm-hmm. like that that can play part of that. But I think from a expectation to reality standpoint, it's getting people to just peel back the layers of the onion a little bit more mm-hmm. to really see what's what all is involved and what they're going to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mobility, right? Yeah, mobility. Um, st- starting mobility training expectations versus reality man yeah someone that can barely reach the second shelf on their kitchen cabinets well mobility a huge impact in mobility would be to get that person to the point where they can reach the second shelf mm-hmm. of their kitchen cabinets right mm-hmm. it may that's obviously not going to be a completely overhead position but that for that specific individual that was a major improvement from where they were before they came to see you yeah. Right. So like with the mobility aspect, do you feel like there's too much, for lack of a better term, extremism in terms of what people see on social media? I think so. Oh, yeah, by, by far. I think uh, I think it's two sides. I think that uh, they think it's easy is one yeah. one expectation. The other expectation is that they think they're going to become a, like a Cirque du Soleil athlete <laughs> or something. Yeah. But. You know, neither is the case, right? I mean, it, you already know if you have those abilities to be a Cirque du Soleil athlete. Like, you're probably pretty close already. Yeah, you would yeah, have had that. You have yeah. some kind of hypermobility right? or, you know, you're, you're doing something like that. But then, you know, thinking that you could just stretch for a couple minutes here and there is going to make a change. Like, that is not reality because let's think about how hard we work to get bigger chest muscles. How much yeah. stress do you put? Yeah, you know, a lot of stress. stress. A mm-hmm. ton of stress. Mm-hmm. Think about how hard we work to make cardiovascular adaptations, mm-hmm. right? We sprint our ass off or we do long distance running or we whatever, get on a bike, whatever it is, swimming. It's hard. It's hard. But we don't take that same thought process and put it into training our joints. Yeah. Right? So if you don't, if you don't create that same stress to that, how the hell can you make the change? You have to, you have to think that it's its own it has to be worked just as hard as those two things. Like if I want to get big muscles, I want to get super strong. Now, if I want to get really mobile, I still have to put the same amount of intensity. Yeah. 
Well, because I think a lot of the programs that no, so let me take that back. Some of the programs that are out there kind of make it seem like it's easy. And then you just hold the stretch for three minutes and then you do this for five minutes and you do this. And there's so many more, so many components. It's not just holding a stretch. It's like, how well can you contract in that stretch? Or how well can you move into that particular stretch? Or whatever the case is. And it's honestly, it's uncomfortable as shit to actually get pretty mobile. It is not. Oh, it's hard it's, work. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. You get sore. Like it's not, yeah. it's not relaxing. It's not, it's very different than the like yoga. Yoga's can be, yoga can be extremely relaxing when it's like, you know, we focus on restorative and deep breath. That's different. But if you're talking about actually increasing your range of motion or improving your mobility capabilities, that is an uncomfortable process. It's very much the same as getting stronger exactly. or getting bigger. People need to know that when you're passively stretching, you know, the connective tissue comes under tension, but the muscles, it's not activated. Mm -hmm. So that's why we always add isometric component to it because then you're getting the muscle and connective tissue integration to really get the changes that you're looking for. But that takes effort. You're contracting muscle tissue. So that, of course, you're having some output. Even though it's only 20, 30% output, as far as stress levels are concerned or exertion, that is still adding more stress to the tissues, mm -hmm. which if you see somebody stretching passively versus actively or isometrically, that's two different things from two different people in the same position. Yeah. And you can see it in their face. Oh, yeah. You know, you can see it in the way they react. The person that's passively stretching, they may feel a little discomfort, mm -hmm. but they're not like, Oh my God, this is hard. Yeah, they're typically I, texting or doing just, something. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. kind of wonder about the day. Just hanging out, and then they're just all, yeah. yeah. They're on their phone, and you're like, well, if you're on your phone or you're in answering an email or something else, when you're supposed to be working on mobility, that probably tells you you're not working on mobility. Thank you. If it disconnects you from the particular drill or exercise, yeah. you are not in it the way you should be. Of course, yeah, right. And you're not you're not you're not locked in and you don't have purposeful intentional movement involved in that. Yeah. Like are you gonna sit here and text while you're doing dumb, dumb dumbbell curls? No, you're not. No, you're probably if you are pick pick the damn phone. Uh, yeah, right. But, <laughs> yeah. but like if you're not if you're not focused in the exercise, like okay, look at bodybuilders. When they're doing something, they're super focused. They are honed in on Am I getting the tissues to contract properly? Am I moving correctly? Mm -hmm. Is it, it, how are my where are my joints moving in space? There's focus on that. So if we actually apply the focus that goes into muscle building to mobility, now you get people that get a lot better results mm -hmm. over time, which is a key. That's over key. time. Time. Because time. Like you said, you started out benching 90 pounds, right? At yeah, like that was your max out. You know, yeah, 90 pounds. It took weekly, you a while right? to get to. 135, eventually 225, but that was over the course of how many years? It takes years. Yeah. It takes years. And that's the thing. And I think what's interesting too is expectations versus reality. Let's say you even meet your expectation. What does it do for you? <laughs> Most what, times what nothing. What does it do for you? Most times nothing. Right? I mean, I think that's another thing too, is that's a hard question to get people to answer because they don't really ask it. Yeah. And it's a brutally honest question that a lot of people, when you ask them that, it's the first time they've been asked that, mm -hmm. and maybe it pops their bubble. Yeah. yeah. Well, because if you ask somebody who's like, maybe couldn't even walk up the stairs, yeah, then their expectation is, I want to get strong enough and mobile enough to get up one flight of stairs. That's a very different expectation 
then someone's like, I want to bench 400 pounds. Oh, cool. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you do with that? Cause right. like, how does that help you? Like, that's not life changing. No. You know, unless someone said, Hey, if you bench 400 pounds, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Right. Very different. That's very different. <laughs> then you have a financial yeah. setup, but very yeah. few people get that. Right. But being able to walk up a flight of stairs is essential. Yes. But most people wouldn't consider that like a high expectation thing, right? So the perception there is different, right? So people think, you know, being extreme and going to what we see typically in media is where I want to focus. But it's even something as simple as when people say, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. What happens when you lose 20 pounds? Yeah. Are you going to get a new job? Is that going to all of a sudden make your love life better? Mm -hmm. Uh, If it does... Great, let's get you losing 20 pounds. But for most people, they're like, I want to lose 15, 20 pounds. Why? Why? Yeah, unless it's health-related, what's what's the point? Because losing 20 pounds for that person isn't going to make them perform better. Right? Maybe it's for self-esteem. And if if it's for self-esteem, great. That's a great motivator. Hell yeah. Right? If you want to lose 20 pounds because it's going to help your self-esteem, well, let's lose 20 pounds now. Yeah, Absolutely. But that's an emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. That's not a physical like, oh my god, I lose twenty pounds and all sudden something blah 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 is gonna be better. Yeah, that's an internal m- emotional thing. That okay, you want to get to a better emotional point, then let's help you get there. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know if enough people even are honest with themselves when they say that, right? Yeah. Oh, I just want to, you know. But it, it deep down inside, that's a much more emotional thing than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a good portion of those kinds of expectations are emotion. Yeah. Not, again, it, it depends on the circumstances and a mm-hmm. person and the goals, but some of it is a really good, strong emotional goal. Some of it is just like, ah, is this necessary? Yeah. Is this a necessity? Do you actually need to do that in order to feel this way? Or are there other things that you can do in order to get to that point? Yeah. yeah is it worth it? Yeah. Is it really worth it? That's hard to quantify. Well, I mean, like, Neil, what started you to to work out? Gosh, man, you know, I started started doing martial arts as a kid, just hanging on my brother, and then watching all these movies with, like, Predator and Terminator. You see Arnold, you see that, you're like, ah, I want to be, you know, I want to be bigger and stronger. Yeah. Like, nine years old, my brother's got little weights, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Doing curls with the easy curl bar. Yeah. Doing push-ups. Right. Yeah, it's just that, yeah, you feel better. You feel stronger. I mean, I think it's a primal male thing almost, right? But what you say, feel yeah. better, feel stronger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. More capable. Mm-hmm. Well, we know from a, from a reproduction standpoint, we have an instinctive inclination to want to physically have a bigger presence. Yes. Right? I mean, for me, it was more of, okay, I'm 5'3". Like, I'm a short dude, like. Okay, I want to put some mass on me so I'm not just short and tiny. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to at least be short and wide, you know, stocky. Yeah. Right? I want at least people to have people go, okay, he's short, but, at least, you know, he's pretty, you know, like, he's, 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 yeah, he's still stocky. Right? <laughs> you know, but that's, once again, it, it's it's much more of a primal thing, right? Mm-hmm. right? It, was, it was having that ability to say, okay, I don't want to be that little weakling looking inferior products so to speak but once again that's much more of an emotional standpoint yeah absolutely that's like perceived you know notions that people have of you even though they may not think that at all right yeah right just what you feel what you you felt at the time yeah because most people don't give a shit yeah people don't give a shit no i think we we often think they do but But they 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 don't don't. they don't they don't don't. that happens a lot yeah not just 
in so many different facets <laughs> that happens. We overthink that people, oh my God, people are always looking at me. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. You could you could walk through a crowded building and five minutes later, I could ask people if they noticed you and they didn't notice yeah. you. Maybe a couple people. That's Maybe it. a couple. That's it. And that's out of like hundreds. Hundreds, right? <laughs> yeah. People just aren't watching. They they got their own shit yeah, to be worried about, right? Mm-hmm. They're in their own heads. Yeah. They got their own shit. So I think, you know, from an expectation reality standpoint, once again, just read the fine print of anything you get into. Understand, like we've said before, the pros and the cons of what you choose to do and, and be good with it. And as long as you're good with it, then I think you're going to be a happier person. But when, you, when you're when you not good with, the, especially the cons of what you choose to do, that's what's going to really put you in a shitty place. And then do some, talk to some people that have gone through the process and like yeah. talk to them and ask them, like, hey, how long does this take? How long did that take you? You know, and I, I find some real people, not some people that are, yeah. you know, maybe trying to sell you something in that, yeah. In yeah. that way. Yeah, you got to ask yourself, is there yeah. a monetary reason why somebody's pushing this, mm-hmm. right? Is there going to be, is there a financial incentive for them to push it? Yeah. Versus an altruistic incentive where they're like, no, they just want to help you, help you out. Yeah. Right. No, I just want to help you get better. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, cool. All right. I think that we, the intent comes from a different, different source. Yeah. And get away from social media for your affirmations. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a, it's sure. not a good place to actually do it. You're, you're never going to feel good about yourself. Or if you're always looking at social media as to why you're not doing something, or why you don't look a certain way or why you're not performing a certain way. You are an individual. You are your own person. Get to the best that you can get to, not comparing yourself with everybody else. I think a lot of people fall into that uh, to that trap. Yeah, yeah. It's like Carter Goodall. You know, Carter Good on social media. Here's a there's a gentleman that's lost a lot of weight, but you know he'll say, "Hey, you gotta love yourself." Yeah, and, and we've we heard it from a lot of people, yeah. but that is very true. You have to love yourself. Yes. No matter how you look, you need to be good with it, right? And I know there are people out there that are going to say no, you know, that, you know, and they're going to be critics or criticism, haters, whatever you want to call it. But you internally have to be good with yourself. Yeah. And you got to, and you got to love yourself. And you can constantly try to improve, right? And that's part of loving yourself and saying, okay, I love myself to the point where I want to see myself improve in in areas that I know need improving. Mm-hmm. Or I think need improvement. Yeah. But your performance indicators need to be based on your your own. Yes. Right. Like yes. Here's your current. Now raise it by one percent in mm-hmm. the next two weeks. Raise it by one percent again. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But that's yours. That's not. I can't. I can't go look at Ray's progress. And go. Damn. How come my bench press is getting up to his? Right. You know. It, it's it's like every person that finishes a marathon succeeded. Yes. Every person that finished the marathon succeeded. I don't give a shit about the time. Yeah. Now, within that, of course, we measure time. We say, okay, this person finished it first. This person finished it last. Mm-hmm. But every person succeeded, and each person's struggle was their own. Yes. And, yes, the person that finished first, they're probably, number one, much more naturally gifted. Mm-hmm. That's but, number two, they've been doing it for a very, very long time. Yes. Most of the time, right? Yes. And so, you know, PRs, personal bests, PRs, yeah. personal records, that's something that you can focus on. Yeah. Because then you say, okay, this is my mm-hmm. ceiling. Mm-hmm. Can I increase my ceiling, not not meet somebody else's ceiling? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think that's a great way of handling expectation versus reality. You know, it's it's nice to look at people that can do great, amazing things. And by all means, appreciate that. I post that shit on social media all the time. I absolutely love watching people just do crazy shit that I'm so I will never do. Like I posted the bull rider yesterday. I ain't fucking riding a bull. I just saw that. Riding a bull? Hell no. Was that real? I've been on an electric bull. (laughs) I've been on an electric bull, and that shit kicked my ass. Dude, that shit kicked my ass. There's no way in hell I'm getting on a real no. No way. The Sydneyers. I didn't know. No way. I didn't know what was more impressive. Him staying on or him keeping the cigarette in his mouth? <laughs> See, that caught me off guard. I was because like, he was all like smoking. All like, uh, I got this. Is that real? A real video? Yeah, that's legit. I, I think that was a real yeah, video, it's man. Crazy. Like he's just all, boom! I got this, and he's on there, dude. I was watching. I was tripping out. I was like, "There is no fucking way." That's some crazy shit. But that's crazy. That's some crazy crazy. shit. But you know, and and what's her? Unfortunately, what's her name passed away. The alpinist, the the mountain skier. She just she just passed away. But once again, there's an appreciation for what she did. You know, uh, and is that something I'll ever do? No. But the fact of you know, unfortunately, she passed away. But the fact that she was able to do alpine skiing from those elevations for freaking shows what people are capable of doing, what's exactly. possible, yeah. right? Yeah. And of course, that's not for everybody. But I really, I always appreciate seeing stuff like that. Well, I think what we could take from these super elite performers, even if we can't get there just because of our genetic limits, mm-hmm. is if this, if they ever disclose their process. As you can go, well, I can try to follow that same path and just see where I get to. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's what you can take from that. Yeah. So that's great. Well, hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next episode, be good to each other. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and whatever platform you're on, either Apple, iTunes or Spotify, please, if you could leave a review, we'd appreciate that. If you have any questions that we can answer for you, be sure to leave those in the comments also. If you're looking for more information on our education, our products, please go to www.stickmobility.com. And also hit that subscribe button to that YouTube channel. And don't forget our live Instagram classes three times a week. If you want to join in, grab your sticks and hit that 45 minute class. Yes.